the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You may recall from the previous chapter that the disciples of John the Baptist had observed that Jesus and his disciples were growing in popularity and now people were going to them to be baptized, but they weren't the only ones who heard. Well, Pastor Leighton Sheely is moving into the fourth chapter of the book of John on today's broadcast of Study Verse by Verse. He's taking us through the book of John. And if you'd like to listen to past broadcasts, you'll find them on the website highlands.us. You can also find out about Highlands Christian Schools when you go to that website. There is a link that takes you through to information about Highlands Christian Schools providing a quality Christian education for over 60 years. That's highlands.us. We're starting a new message in this Book of John series today. And as I said, Pastor Layton is starting off in chapter 4. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and he departed again for Galilee. As they had done with John the Baptist, the Jewish authorities uh, viewed Jesus with suspicion. He also was proclaiming the kingdom of God. He was calling people to repentance, and he was baptizing. And they had looked upon John the Baptist with suspicion. They looked upon Jesus with suspicion as well. We also found out that this gospel shows us that for a period of time, the ministry of Jesus and John the Baptist took place simultaneously. So John the Baptist's ministry was not yet complete. Therefore, Jesus chose to leave Judea and go to Galilee. The reason for this is twofold. Number one, he didn't want to create any perception of there being any rivalry between his disciples and the disciples of John the Baptist first. And secondly, he knew that in God's sovereign plan and timetable, it was not yet time for a confrontation with the Jewish religious authorities. That would be premature. Verse 4, And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me? a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now, you may recall that Palestine is about 120 miles long from north to south. It's divided at the time of Jesus into three sections or territories. At the north end was Galilee. At the south end was Judea, in which we find Jerusalem. And in between was Samaria. Now, there was a centuries-old feud between the Samaritans and the Jews that lived to their north and their south. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in, 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 in the times to come. But uh, the quickest way to travel from the south to the north was through 
Samaria. It took about three days. Now, there was an alternative route, and that was to cross over the River Jordan, go up the eastern side, and then cross back across. Now, when I say the River Jordan, some of us may have pictures that come to our mind, uh, things like the Columbia River and stuff like that. Uh, Our team was in Israel in June of this year. We went to the Jordan, uh, and some of our team were baptized there. And at that time, you could throw a rock from one side of the River Jordan to the other side of the River Jordan. In fact, the other side of the River Jordan was also, there were baptisms taking place across the river as well. And you could, without raising your voice too much, be able to exchange greetings with the believers across the river. So the scriptures say that he had to pass through Samaria. It was not a a geographical necessity, but rather because he had a divine appointment. In fact, the author of the Gospel of John oftentimes uses the word that is translated had to, to describe Jesus fulfilling an assignment that the Father had given him in ministry. Now, on the way, they came to the town of Sychar, and just a little short of the town of Sychar, the road forks. And at the fork, there is a well that is known to this day as Jacob's Well. Now, there are many Jewish memories that are attached to it. This was a a piece of ground that had been bought by Jacob. That's recorded for us in Genesis 33. And when he was lying on his deathbed, he bequeathed that land to Joseph. That's recorded for us in Genesis 48. And then on his deathbed, Joseph asked for his bones to be returned to the land. And that's recorded for us in Joshua 24. So there's many memories of the Jewish people that surround this particular area. The well there is a very deep well. It's about 100 feet deep. That's about 10 stories deep. So you can see that you would need some kind of device for going into the well and bringing up water. Now, scriptures tell us that it was about the sixth hour. Now, the Jewish day begins at sunup, not the middle of the night like ours. And so it begins about 6 a.m. So the sixth hour would be around noon. So it's about midday. It's the heat of the day. Jesus is tired and he is thirsty and he is sitting at the well. And this woman from Samaria comes to draw water. Now, that was highly irregular for a number of reasons. For instance, one of the reasons was that women would normally draw their water in the cool of the evening, not the heat of the day. Also, there were several sources of water that were closer to town, so it would be unusual for a woman to go this far in order to get water. But it tells us that this was a woman who was an outcast of society, uh, that uh, she wanted to avoid the hostility and the scorn of the other women in town, and so she would go to this distance to come this distance in the heat of the day in order to draw water. Now, Jesus made a a simple request, uh, may I please have a drink? And that was a shocking breach of social custom for a number of reasons. Men in that culture didn't speak with women. Rabbis did not speak with immoral people. And Jews did not speak with Samaritans. And so this woman turned in astonishment and says, I'm a Samaritan, you are a Jew, how is it that you ask a drink from me. And then because the author of this gospel is writing to not only a Jewish audience, but also a Gentile audience of the Greeks, he goes on to provide a parenthetical statement and an explanation that there is no interaction, there's no dealings between the Jews and the Samaritans. Now, the word dealings is literally utensils. They don't share utensils. 
We don't eat together. We, we want to keep as distant from each other as we possibly can. And so there are a few records in the gospel that show us so much about the character of Jesus Christ. Uh, for instance, it shows us about the reality of his humanity. All right, this gospel underscores the deity of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. It underscores the deity of Jesus Christ more so than any of the other gospels, but it also uh, stresses His humanity to us as well. And then secondly, it shows us the warmth of Jesus' sympathy and His ability to interact with people. You see, most women have, would have fled uh, interacting with any kind of religious leader in that day. They would have avoided, a woman like this would have avoided such a person. That's not uncommon today. We oftentimes hear about uh, pastors that travel uh, and they get on an airplane and the person that's assigned to the seat next to them comes in, they're trying to get settled, they're striking up conversation. How you doing? Good. What do you do for a living? I'm a pastor. End of conversation. Nothing else happens. It could be traveling across the world or across the United States. This conversation is done. And yet, this woman, it seemed like the most natural thing in the world to her to have a conversation with Jesus. But it also uh, shows us about how Jesus breaks down barriers as well. Now, the quarrel between the Jews and the Samaritans goes, goes way back. I've heard about this, and uh, I wanted to find out more about it. So I did a little research on it. The quarrel goes back clear to 1 Kings chapter 12. You see, after Solomon, his heir, uh, Rebom, uh, got some advice. It was bad advice. He didn't listen to the advice of the wise old men. He listened to some of his young friends. He decided he was going to raise taxes, and uh, it created a split in the nation. There were the ten tribes in the north that split off. They became known as, the, as Israel, and their capital was Samaria, the city of Samaria, Later on, the city's name was used to describe the entire region. And then the two tribes in the south became known as Judah, and their capital was in Jerusalem. Well, in 722 B.C., about seven centuries before Jesus came to earth, the Assyrians invaded the northern ten tribes. They defeated the Israelites, and they took them away into captivity. And they repopulated uh, much of the, of the land with uh, people that came from other places. That story is told to us in 2 Kings chapter 17. Now, the people, the Jewish people that remained, intermarried with those that uh, were coming into the region, and that was against God's word. You remember that God had told the Jewish people they weren't to intermarry with the others because God was, didn't want the influences of the pagan nations around His people to influence their religion and, and so forth. But the people that were left in Samaria, the Jewish people, intermarried with others. Now, even to this day, um, intermarriage between Jewish and non-Jewish people in a Jewish setting is not acceptable. For instance, if a, uh, a son or a daughter of a Jewish Orthodox home decides they're going to marry a Gentile, basically Gentiles are anybody who's not Jewish, they're going to marry somebody who's not Jewish, then that family has a funeral for that son or daughter. It's as though they're cut off, they've lost all of their inheritance, they've lost all of their rights, uh, they are as good as dead. So these people, the Jews that lived in the Samaritan region, they were carried off and they lost their identity. Those that were left uh, intermarried and uh, the, ten that were carried, the ten tribes that were carried off are known as the ten lost tribes. So if you've heard that phrase, that's what it's referring to. Well, in the course of time, 
there was an invasion of the south, and the inhabitants of Judah were also carried off into captivity into Babylon. However, they retained their identity, and eventually they were returned to the land uh, under the auspices with the permission and support of the Persian king in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah. Now, when the uh, Jewish people in Samaria heard that the Jews that were in exile were coming back to rebuild the temple, they were excited, and they couldn't wait to be a part of it. And so when they arrived, they, they went over to Jerusalem. They said, hey, let us help you rebuild the temple. And the Jewish people that were there said, no, you've intermarried, you've lost your rights, you're no longer Jewish people, you shouldn't be around the temple, we'll have no part of you, go away. Some of you I know are very familiar with what's going on and what's about to happen, but for those of you who don't remember or are new to this portion of Scripture, join us tomorrow because we'll pick up right here as Pastor Layton takes us through the entire book of John and he'll spend a number of days in the fourth chapter. This is an outreach of Church of the Highlands and it's called Study Verse by Verse. We're listener-supported. You can give, if you'd like to join with us in that way, safely on the website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Join us tomorrow when we come back at this same time and again, study verse by verse. This broadcast is sponsored by Church of the Highlands in San Bruno.